الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولما توجهت القاء مدين قال عسى ربي أن يهديني سواء السبيل ولما ورد ماء مدين وجد عليه أمة من الناس يسقون ووجد من دونهم امرأتين تذودان قال ما خطبكما قالتا لا نسقي حتى يصدر الرعاء وأبونا شيخ كبير all praise, all thanks is only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah ta'ala on the day of Jumu'ah. We make dua to Allah ta'ala that He allows us to see many more days of Jumu'ah. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He allows us to appreciate this day of Jumu'ah. And we also make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows our last day of this earthly life to be the day of Jumu'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions many stories or incidents of Amiya alayhi salam in the Qur'an and some he mentions very very briefly. Perhaps an ayat or a two he makes reference to them and there are certain incidents of Amiya alayhi salatu wasalam that I mention more in detail and one such Nabi that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the most is the incidents of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Over a hundred times the name of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam is mentioned in the Qur'an. Over 30 surahs cover it. And over 500 ayat of the Qur'an make reference to the different incidents of Musa salam and the Bani Israel, etc. So, so much of detail Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses it and his great merit and hikmat in why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses it. But for the purposes of this bayan, I wish to explain one such incident. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about a time when Musa salam was now faced would Fir'aun given the verdict that to his army that capture Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and we're going to execute him. We're going to kill him once and for all. We're going to get rid of him. So this command was given. So the army of Fir'aun was proceeding to come and capture Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. When he got the news, immediately he set off for a place called Madian. Now Madian is in Sham, the broader Syria. In those days, Palestine, Jordan... Syria, Lebanon, etc. all formed what we know as Sham. So he was proceeding from Egypt to Sham, to Syria, moving in that direction. Why? Because he wanted to go to Madian. Madian was a ta- was a city that was named after one of the sons of Ibrahim salam. Ibrahim salam had a son by the name of Madian bin Ibrahim. Now that particular town, that particular city was not under the influence of Fir'aun. And its people also were not under the influence of Fir'aun. So by him going in that city. So now what he did, immediately he set off. But he never been there before. It was the first time that he was going there. And he was setting off immediately on foot. He didn't know the direction. And he had nothing with him, absolutely no provisions, nothing. It was a journey approximately seven to eight days by foot. Now he leaves off and he sets off immediately. But before he sets off, he makes a dua. Asa Rabbi Ayyahdiani Sawa Asabil that I hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide me straight to the road, straight to the path 
leading to Madian. That I'm making dua and I'm having hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't know the road, but I got hope in my Allah that my Allah will take me there. No Garmin, no GPS, no Google Maps. Relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sets off by foot. It comes in the kitabs that of tafsir, that he lived on the leaves of trees on the way. That was his padkos. If we have to go for a journey of two days, three days, anyway, how much of provision, check-in luggage, hand luggage, padkos, then only we can move. But here Musa wasalam, is moving immediately on foot, relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyway, after seven to eight days, he reaches Madian. And when he reaches Madian, these ayats of the Quran describe a little bit in detail as to what happened. وَلَمَّا وَرَدَ مَا أَمَّدْيَنَا وَجَدَ عَلَيْهِ أُمَّةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ يَسْقُونَ That when he reached Madian, that he found a great number of people bringing their animals to the watering place where water is found. So they were bringing the animals to give the animals water. وَوَجَدَ مِن دُونِهِمُ امْرَأَتَيْنِ تَذُودَانِ And he found that there were two ladies also there. But they were standing aloof, one side. And they were holding the animals back. They didn't want the animals to go forward. Every time the goats were running, they were stopping the goats. They wanted to drink water, they were stopping them. So he found this scene a little bit strange. Here is all the men that are out there, they're taking the animals to bring for water. And here there are two ladies that are standing aloof, one side. They're stopping the animals. So this style of the Anbiya wasalam is they always would want to help they always would want to assist. This was the hallmark of Ambiya alayhi salam. So they, he immediately perceived that there is some problem. So he went up to these two ladies, these two young women, and he asked them, Qala ma khatbukuma, that what is the issue, what is the problem? This is something that is strange. You are not allowing the animals to go. You are standing one side. So these two women, they explained to Musa alayhi salam that what their issue is. Qala ta'ala naski hatta That our way is such that we don't take our animals to drink until all these other shepherds are finished with their flocks. Then they go away. That's the only time we take our animals to drink water. Now this next question would come to the mind, is why did these two girls come when you got all other men that are doing the work? The housework, the men to do, and this was a manly work, to take the animals, to feed them in the heat, to bring them. So the next question that would come to my mind immediately, these two girls were not two ordinary girls, they were the two daughters of Shuaib alayhi salam. So immediately they answered the question before Musa alayhi salam could answer them. They said, لا نسقي حتى يصدر الرعاء وأبونا شيخ كبير Our father is very very old. In other words, he, if he could have done it, he would have done it. But he is very very old. So he is not in a position to do it. Explaining, and remember at that time, the laws in the Sharia of Musa alayhi salatu salam, there was no laws of parda there. The laws of parda came in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the occasion of the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to Hazrat Zainab radiallahu ta'ala anha. But yet these girls were so bashful, they didn't want to mix with those men. They waited for those men to finish and go. Then only, it took them long, very long to do that, to wait for everyone, then to take the animals. But they didn't want to mix. And yet they had a very valid reason. Their father was very, very old. Immediately Musa decided to help these two women. So he took their animals and he went and gave their animals to water to drink. So now these two women, immediately they were, the animals were finished. They went home much earlier than normal. When they went home earlier than normal, their father asked them, Shuhib 
asked them that how come you come home so early today? So then they explained that there was one person that came to help us and he assisted us. So Musa Shriba out of happiness he wanted to repay Musa for his kindness. So he sent one of his daughters to go and call Musa The ayat of the Quran describes it so nicely. That one of the two girls, not even taking the names of the girls, in other words, such a high level of haya, one of the two girls came, and they came in such a way, they were walking very, very bashfully. In other words, with a high level of haya, it comes in the kitabs of tafsir, that even when that one woman came to Musa salam, that she picked up her hand with her sleeve blocking her face to come give the message of her father. And the words also when she's using, she could have said, come to my house, my father is calling you. She could have said that, come home, we are calling you home, we want to give you something. It was very easy for her to say that. She said, قَالَتْ إِنَّ أَبِي يَدْعُوكَ لِيَجْزِيَكَ أَجْرَ مَا سَقِيتَ لَنَا She's saying, my father is calling you. In other words, out of respect, that I'm not calling you to come home, my father is calling you, please come home. So these were the words she used. So Musa alayhi he went home. But before he went home, the ayat of the Quran says that after he traveled now seven days journey on foot, living on the leaves of trees, he came here, there was a scene, he helped these two women. Day after day went away, he sat under the tree and he made one dua to Allah. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khairin fakir. That, oh Allah, whatever you give me, I'm grateful for it. Whatever it is, little or a lot, whatever you may give me, I am in need of it. Now this is the condition we should have. Is whatever Allah is giving us, we are in need of it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that we are working, so we are providing for ourselves. Whatever we got is something that we earned. It's actually the grace of Allah upon us. Whatever we've got, irrespective, whether it be our health, whether it be our wealth, whether it be our family, whether it be our children, whether it be social standing, everything is the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Take away the grace of Allah Ta'ala from us, Forget we having grace, we will become a disgrace. So it is only the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he made dua at that time coming all alone, emigrating from Egypt to Sham, to Syria, to this place called Madian. Nothing with him. And now look what Allah ta'ala had blessed him. So he went and he met Shweb alayhi salam. So Shweb alayhi salatu wa salam now wants to compensate him for what he did. So one of the daughters tells the father that, Ya abati ista'ajirhu. Oh my father, employ this man. He did such a fantastic job of herding the animals, of taking... In other words, this is a man's job. If we have an employee in like this, he'll take care of all this work that is outside the home. Teaching us that work outside the home is actually a man's work. Unfortunately, today's time and age, many times we shirk our responsibilities as men. We want to send a woman to go and work outside. We want them to earn income. Whereas Allah Ta'ala has made that the job of the man. So anyway, he tells that, he tells now, because the daughter suggested, and the daughter said something that was very, very important. There's not much time for me to continue, inshallah. Maybe in the next bayan we'll continue from where we stopped. I'll just stop at this point. إِنَّ خَيْرَ مَنِ اسْتَأْجَرْتَ الْقَوِيُّ الْأَمِينَ the daughter is telling the father, Shweb salam that the best person you can employ is the one that has two qualities. The person that is strong, in other words, is fit for the job, is capable of the job, has the academic qualifications, has the necessary expertise to fulfill and execute the job. And the next thing is Amin, the person is honest. Now very often we have CVs coming in, sometimes we put got people that we are looking for in our employ. 
then one thing we all look for is academic credentials, etc. But how often do we look for the second quality? The person is honest. Honesty makes a very, very big difference. You can get a person who has all the degrees and all the qualifications, but if that person is not honest, that person can be the biggest liability to the business. So therefore, one quality when we are looking to employ people, firstly, sometimes people say, don't judge. But when we are employing people at that time, we have to apply our judgment. We want to get the correct person in our employee. So therefore, we look at the CV, we see the credentials, we interview the person to get a better idea, and then we pass a judgment that this person is fit for my employee, or this person is not fit for my employee. So one very important part of this, of employing someone, is see that the person has the level of expertise, number one, can carry out the job, and the next thing is the person must be honest. This is something that is very important. I just wish to terminate on one set of advices. Very often you find that people in their businesses, they want to cut expenses. Why? Because one way of one way of increasing the net profit in a person's business is to cut expenses, which is a very practical thing to do. Look to see where there's additional expenses and cut it. But one big mistake people make, Allah Ta'ala save us from this mistake. One mistake that people make is they want to cut the salaries of the staff. Don't ever do that. Cut the other expenses, no problem. But don't cut the salaries of your staff, especially those staff that are working and are in need of that money. We may think that we are increasing the net profit, but we are actually slashing the barakat from that business of ours. From the practice of ours, from that firm of ours, we are slashing it by slashing the salaries of the staff. If you want to do anything, increase the salaries, take their du'as, and when you take the du'as of your staff, Allah Ta'ala will give you that barakat that you need. Don't make that mistake. So anyway, this was one quality we learned from this ayat of the Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, inshallah, in the future we'll continue. Great lessons to be learned from the discussion between the two Ambiya alayhi wasalam and the bashfulness and the shyness that the woman of that time, even when there was no laws of parada, would display and demonstrate. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of making amal. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.